morning I'm reading from the Gospel according to Luke, uh, chapter 15. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or that woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbours saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son, who was in the field, and when he came and approached his son, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. 
yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be able to share with you from this classic passage from the Bible uh, on Father's Day. And so as we look at this passage from the Bible uh, this Father's Day, we're going to be talking about uh, the Father's heart uh, for the lost. So th- this morning we're, we're looking at our Father in heaven, the the one true Father, uh, the Father who every father on earth is called to represent uh, when they share love and, and father themselves. And in this passage, we see this beautiful picture of the heart of God expressed. Uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's getting to the heart of their disciples, what it is that the disciples value, what it is their priorities, what motivates them. And so as he's addressing the disciples and showing them what's inside of their hearts and leading them to share what's inside of his heart, he's also speaking to us as we, as disciples now in 2021, are following Jesus and seeking to live out his priorities in the world. And so with that in mind, we're going to look at the different types of people that we see in this picture that is presented in Luke chapter 15. I'd love you to open your Bibles if you've got your Bible handy so you can uh, reference uh, what I'm talking about here in Luke 15. Uh, In Luke 15, we see four types of people. Uh, We see uh, elder sons and Pharisees. We see tax collectors, uh, sinners and prodigal sons. Uh, We see hired hands and then we see fathers, uh, friends, neighbors, and sons. I've I've split it up into four types of people because there's four types of response uh, to what's going on in this passage. In the the first uh, section of this passage, uh, we have uh, Jesus (laughs) eating with tax collectors and sinners, and he tells the parable of the, the lost sheep. And he speaks of the priority to leave the 99 and go after the one. And when he comes home, he calls together the, the friends, the neighbors, and the sons. That is, those who are able to celebrate with him uh, what is now being found. And he, he, he says, this is an example. So I tell you, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. And so he speaks this to the the Pharisees that are listening on, and he's challenging them. See, Pharisees are very much connected to the elder son that we see in the parable of the the prodigal son. Uh, In the next uh, section, the parable of the lost coin, uh, the woman, she goes out and searches. So first the shepherd goes out and searches. 
Next, the, the woman goes out and, and searches, and she finds the, the coin that she's lost. Uh, yesterday, uh, we were in the park, and Katie and I were doing this sort of awkward exchange of one of us being with the kids in the playground, because only one can be, and the other going for a walk around the park. So we weren't uh, doing what we're not meant to do, and yet still able to be in a similar zone. And as we're arriving at the playground, Holly goes, where's my coin? And we realized that the coin that she'd found, which wasn't even her coin to begin with, she found it on the ground. Uh, We realized the coin she'd found had now been lost. And so we went off and Hamish and I had an idea of where it was. And we went down and I thought, well, there's probably been a few people that have walked past where it was probably lost. We've probably lost the coin but when we went back we saw it there sitting on the ground and finding that you know two dollars these days is a fairly insignificant amount of money finding that coin on the ground brought holly much joy now here the the kind of coins that they were talking about were significantly more valuable and so this woman is able to tell all her her friends and her neighbors and say rejoice with me i've found the coin that is lost she's not celebrating over all the coins she has she's celebrating over the lost coin that has been found and so in the same way jesus says uh, just so i tell you there is joy in the presence of the angels of god over one sinner who repents so two have gone out searched for what they were looking for found it and as a result, much joy was produced not only in them, but the friends and neighbors. And, and so we see friends and neighbors are able to celebrate what God is celebrating. Uh, when we're presented with the parable of the prodigal uh, son, we see the son that goes out, who squanders his inheritance on living an indulgent life, uh, he, he lives in such a way with the, with the prostitutes and the drinking and the, living the high life that his inheritance is suddenly gone. Uh, as the younger son, he'd said to his dad, I want my inheritance now. To him as the younger son, he was only entitled to one third. His older brother had two thirds. He'd blown his, his one third. And what we see here is he realizes that Even the hired hands of his father had more than what he had. You see, he he has to go and hire himself out as a hired hand. And in the the context of a famine, he doesn't have enough. But even the hired hands in his father's house had more than he had in that moment, were treated better than he was treated in that moment. And so we, we have the hired hands that are presented in this picture, the hired hand in the foreign land, who has worked hard and given little, the hired hand in his father's house, who is well looked after. Uh, So we have all these different pictures of people. Uh, When the son returns to his father's house, he meets the father. So we have the, the father that is represented in this picture. And the father runs to him 
Middle Eastern men don't run. Uh, it was indignified. But his father runs to him, wraps him up, welcomes him back into the family, even though he's distanced himself by taking his inheritance and going off and squandering it. The father welcomes him back and he clothes him in a new robe. He's clean. He puts new sandals on him, separates him from the dust and the dirt of the the filth of the land that he's been walking on. He puts a ring back on his finger. He reestablishes authority in the son's life. And so we see this lavish welcome as he takes the prize animal and has it prepared for a feast. So the father, generous in welcome. And, And we know in this picture of the prodigal son that the father here represents our father in heaven. Now we're also presented with the elder son, the older brother. The older brother sees all that has been done for the younger son who has gone and squandered everything that he had, and he doesn't like it. That was part of his two-thirds. He didn't have those kinds of celebration, and yet this wayward son, this wayward brother, is having the best of celebrations in honor of him. And so the elder brother is, is jealous and bitter and angry. And so we have these four types of people. Uh, the, the elder son, I, w- I wonder if you, you know what his responsibility was. We'll find out soon. But so the elder son is very similar to the Pharisee. Uh, the elder son is the keeper of the law the keeper of the boundaries, uh, the, the one who has a sense of entitlement uh, because of his position and goes after it, seeks to do everything he can in order to keep it. Uh, the tax collectors, the sinners, the prodigal sons, uh, they're the ones that are uh, they're not deserving of the good things. They're, they're the outcasts. Uh, the ones that are not welcomed into the core of society, let alone welcomed back into the family. They weren't the ones that were loved by any. And yet here in this parable, they're the ones that are celebrated when they're found. They're the ones that are welcomed and reestablished in family at that moment of reconnection. We have the hired hand. Uh, the, the hired hands in the foreign land who aren't treated well, and yet the hired hands in the father's house who are treated well and enjoy the, the benefits and the luxuries of the land. And then we have the, the father who represents our father in heaven. We have the friends, neighbors, and sons who are able to celebrate prodigal's return. Prodigal's return is what our father in heaven, celebrates most. When we weren't a Christian, we were part of the tax collectors, the sinners, the prodigal sons. We were the ones living off in a far distant land, distant from God. And through his son Jesus, he has brought us near. Now, once we're in the church, we're called to, to, to live this life of a son, this life of a friend, this life of a neighbor. 
and to represent the Father, but we can often find ourselves living in other places. The, the priority of God, the priority of God we see in Scripture, particularly illustrated through Jesus in parables here, is with the prodigals. Those who are not part of the family, those who have left the family, those who are outcasts of society. The Father's heart is with the lost. And, and so he calls us to share this priority as a church, that our hearts will be moved by what moves him, that as a coin or a sheep is lost, as a son or a daughter is lost, that that will be the priority on our hearts, that we will be moved by what moves him, moved so much as we want to pursue what all of heaven is calling us towards. What, what we see here is the priority of God is with prodigals. And he calls us to pursue this priority. Yet when we fit in the position of the elder son or, or the Pharisee or fit in the position of the hired hand, we don't go out and we don't search. Uh, in the first uh, picture, we see uh, that the person that went out and searched uh, was the shepherd who looked for his sheep. In, in the second picture, we see that the person who went out and searched was the woman who went for her lost coin. In this third picture, I wonder, did anyone go out and search? No one. No one went out and searched. No one went to the sun in the foreign land. So what's going on here? Why, why didn't anyone search? Why didn't someone represent the Father's heart in this parable? And what we see here is someone that has failed to do what they are called to do based on who they are. And so if you look back to Genesis, uh, if you look back to what we hear about Cain and Abel, Cain is asked about his brother. And what's his response well, to where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> the answer to that question is yes. You are your brother's keeper. So who was meant to go after the prodigal son? It was the elder brother. It was the elder brother that was called to go after the prodigal son and bring him back to the father's house. And yet the elder brother, the elder son, was there protecting his own inheritance, thinking of himself. Where's our priority? Are we a hired hand, just doing our job, just participating, doing our part? Are we an elder son or a Pharisee, at some level feeling inadequate in what we have and needing to take more and yet not even realizing what is in our hand? Are we a friend, a neighbor, or a son that celebrates the lost being found and looks for op more opportunities to celebrate that? Uh, maybe you're listening in and may maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you do fit in this place of being a prodigal. Maybe as a Christian, you're finding that you're, you're running far from the Father. And while at a time you 
would have considered yourself a son or a daughter. Now, you're probably more prodigal than son or daughter because you're not living closely connected to your father in his house. What type of person, where does it leave you? What is your priority? You see, at one level, we're all prodigals looking for a father. We're all children needing to know our Father in heaven and the love that he has for us and what it means to live in his house, to enjoy the authority, the privilege, the the delight, the, the love, the love. You see, fathers, the purpose of being a father is to communicate the love of a father and every father, myself included, communicates love inadequately. And so every child that has grown up has known love to a certain degree, the love of the father and the way the father, the representatives in their world have demonstrated, have known love to a degree. And yet all of us are searching for the greater love that every earthly father is seeking to represent. And so as we celebrate fathers on Father's Day, we, we acknowledge they do their best. Some don't, though. But all who do their best, are still inadequate in their representation as much as we try. And the longing that we have, the longing that our world has, is for the Father to be revealed. In Romans 8, uh, it talks about all of creation groans for the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. Why, why is it that all of creation groans for a revelation of the sons and daughters? It's because the sons and daughters of God point to our Father. And so, as sons and daughters of God, we have this priority that is given to us to point to the Father and to point most to those who don't know Him at all, the prodigal sons and the prodigal daughters. So whose responsibility is it to search for the prodigals. It's the sons and the daughters. Whose responsibility? It's our responsibility to search for the tax collectors, the sinners, the prodigal sons, and the prodigal daughters. And we're all prodigals looking for a father. And once we've found him, what we actually learn to do is we learn to live like sons and daughters. A son or daughter of God isn't threatened because a son or daughter of God knows that they already have everything in the Father's house. They know the privilege that they live in. They know the joy that is theirs as part of the family. They know that any time the, the greatest delights of the kingdom are there for them to feast on that they don't need to wait and put it off. And yet, we can find ourselves living in the Father's house as one of the types of people other than friends, sons, or neighbors. I find often in the church where we have a very small percentage of people that know what it means to be a son or daughter of God, to live in that privilege and just to be free in that place. You know, when you're a son or a daughter, you know how you know you're free. You're free from the opinions of others. They don't drive you or shape you or crush you. 
or lift you up. You, you don't rise and fall based on what other people say. If you know that you're a son or a daughter because you know what your father says and that's what's most important to you. If you're living as a son or a daughter, you're living out contentment. You're living out joy, hope, love. The fruit of the Spirit is produced in the sons and daughters of God. And so I find it in the church, unfortunately, there's a very small minority that know what it means to live as a son or a daughter. And what I find often is high at hand. Those who serve and serve and serve and serve and yet don't stop and enjoy the privilege that refreshes and renews. Often people that serve in this way are very meticulous on details and order because that's what gives them their sense of worth as, as they follow through and do the work well. And so they put the pressure on other people to do the work well and they judge others who don't work well and contribute much. The hired hands. Then we have the elder sons or the Pharisees. Uh, those who look at the tax collectors, the sinners and the prodigals and go, oh, uh, look at the way they're living. Don't they live indulgent, sinful lives? And so look on with this kind of attitude of judgment. Look on at lesser Christians with an attitude of judgment. Look on and go, well, I live a pretty good life. I'm a pretty good Christian. Let me encourage you that a son or daughter doesn't need to say that they're a good Christian, that they're mature. A son or daughter just lives it because they're not trying to prove anything. But the, the elder son is, is someone that we often see in church. They're characterized as, as a religious person who does all the right things, says all the right things, behaves in the right way, presents themselves perfectly to others. And yet that's not who we're called to be. And so Jesus' message to the disciples is actually you're called to have the heart of the Father for the lost and you're called to live as sons and daughters and understand this welcome that your Father in heaven has prepared for you. But not only understand the welcome, that is that you're a sinner who is saved, but you're actually a son and daughter. You don't need to continually live in this place of, I'm an unworthy person that has been saved. See, once you're saved, you're, you're saved. You're not needing to prove that you're worthy of the house. That the son's been rehearsing in his mind this phrase, uh, I'm not worthy uh, to be called your son. Treat me like wine of your hired hands. I am not worthy. Hired hands say, I'm not worthy to be a son or a daughter, and yet the father says, you are worthy. You are a son or daughter. You have a seat at my table. Enjoy the riches that I have to offer in my kingdom for you. Come, let us celebrate. There's more prodigals to be found that we want to welcome at the table. And so the place that we're called to grow up into is sharing the heart of the father. And when sons and daughters grow up, they become fathers and mothers. Those who are able to parent sons and daughters to this place of maturity and security. And so the path of discipleship is from prodigal to son or daughter. But the priority of God is that anyone in prodigal places will be led to this place of sons and daughters. That anyone that's drifted into this other place, well, his heart is for them also. He doesn't discard 
the elder son and say, well, because you have this attitude, you're not worthy of my family. No, he wants, he wants the son to share the same heart that he had. But you've got to understand that the son is he's already living in privilege. He's not lost. He's just misguided. His mind is in the wrong place. His heart is in the wrong place. But the tax collectors, the sinners, the prodigal sons, they're lost. They don't even know a little bit. The elder son and the Pharisees, they know a little bit. The hired hands, they know a little bit. They still get to eat the scraps of the table, so to speak. But the father longs for those who aren't even known in the household. He longs to be able to celebrate them with neighbors, sons, and friends. Because the Father wants us to find our home in Him. And as we find our home in Him as a son or a daughter, He wants us to invite others to find their home in Him. And so when I talk about the priority of God for us as a church, the priority of God is not to discard the other types, but the priority of God is with those who are lost and not found. The whole of heaven rejoices at one who is found, who was previously lost. It's not to say that any of these people are less important. But the one who is secure in the household knows that they have everything. And they don't need to be jealous that the household is going after the tax collectors, the sinners and the prodigals and welcoming them in the doors. I think sometimes as a, as a church, as a church seeks to reposition itself for, for the future and is going after the tax collectors, the prodigals and the sinners, we can find the hired hands who are getting burnt out because they're doing all the work and struggling with this priority. The hired hand is not knowing the, the privilege that they already have as being part of the father's household. The hired hand never moving from being a hired hand to a living as a son can find it difficult that there is a priority for tax collectors, sinners and prodigals. The elder son will find it difficult because what they have to now share, their inheritance, you don't understand all this work that I've done <laughs> to make the church what it is. You don't understand that if you bring all these people in, it's going to make it awkward and uncomfortable. And why would you bring in the prodigal sons? They've already left. They've made their choice. And so as a church, as we seek to pursue the lost, which is the priority of God for us, it's not to say that we discard anything else, but the entire trajectory for us as Christians is that everyone would know what it means to be a son or a daughter of God, to live in that privilege. And so the place for us all to head is here. Learn what it means to be a, a son or a daughter. And as we're learning what it means, invite others what it means to be a son or a daughter. There's a lot of people that are lost in this world at the moment. There's a lot of people uh, searching in lots of different ways. 
We might even find ourselves searching in lots of different ways. And we're only going to truly find out what it means to be found when we find our Father. And the people searching that we know are only going to find out what it means, what what they're actually looking for when they find their family in God and their Father in heaven. Let me pray for us as a a church, uh, as we celebrate our Father in heaven and as we seek to carry his heart into this world. Our Father God, you, you love us. You love us so abundantly that you continually pursue our hearts. Thank you that you're calling each one of us to be sons and daughters, to learn what it means to live in the household as one who is loved much, who has much privilege. Lord, we pray that you would uh, break through uh, the need uh, that we might have to protect privilege. Uh, We pray that you would break through uh, any feelings of lack of worth. We pray uh, that you would break through any patterns of pursuing a prodigal life, Lord, with your love. May your spirit break out in each of our hearts that we would know your love, Father, your deep pursuing love of us. And may we begin to realize the delight, Lord, of what we have. Fill our hearts afresh, Lord, with a great appreciation, a great thanksgiving for what it is that we have. Who it is that we are called and the inheritance that is secure for each of us. Lord, fill us anew by your spirit with your love. Thank you, Lord, that as we look to you as our Father and ask you for more of your spirit, Lord, that you are a good Father who loves to give generously. As you fill us with your spirit, renew our hearts and our minds. Change our hearts and our minds to Share your perspective to look for the lost, to look for the lost to come home. Place that burden, Lord, on our hearts, Lord, uh, where we've been uh, burdened as a, as a servant. Uh, give us rest in your household. Lord, uh, where we've been judgmental as an as a older brother or a Pharisee, remind us, Lord, of, of who we are and what we have. Lord, help us to remind each other well. Help us to be good neighbors and good friends who who celebrate. Celebrate this journey of discipleship that we're on. And so, Lord, open our eyes uh, to the tax collectors, the sinners, the prodigals, even if they don't look the way we might imagine they look. Help us to see beyond the surface and to reach out to those who are lost that in your son Jesus they may be found. And so we pray uh, this prayer uh, that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from a time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.